Welcome back, everyone, to the Grunge Bible Podcast, episode 109 on deck. My name is Chris Salona, and I'm here with Ethan Shalloway. Ethan, the 109th time, how are we doing? Uh, do you feel any more excited or any more enlightened? Uh, on the 109th check-in. Yeah. I feel, uh, I feel more, I'm going to say more enlightened today. I'm feeling that's, good. That's good. I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to do this to talk about this. This is a great topic, one of my favorite genres, if you will, in the music world, and that is hits of the '90s summer version. So summer, so it's strictly stuff that you want to hear while you're on the beach, while you're for some reason you know in your hot apartment, you know, trying to open We're the no windows. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying just trying to get some air going, or you know, you at the at the ballpark for some reason, you know, tailgating. And um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I had a good weekend. I was in, I just got back from California, and I'm just heading back to uh, Pennsylvania here soon. I'm going to meet up with the producer, Drew, at a friend's bachelor party at the end of the week. So nice. I got a lot going on. Um, but I'm happy to be here with you. How are you today? That's great. I'm good. Uh, it's another week. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this week. Um, going to work a little bit. I might might go hit up a, a Boston Red Sox game with uh, – Patreon member Cullen, uh, <laughs> anybody got me through my second divorce. Uh, hopefully that happens tomorrow. Um, but yeah, man, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I have no complaints, and yeah, I'm excited to kind of talk about this episode. So last week um, we did the best album opening songs of like the '90s and the grunge era. And before we went live and recorded the episode, there were there were a few songs and a few bands that we really wanted to record. Um, that we're kind of in this vein, like, I don't know why, Ethan, but like, this is just an itch that we need to scratch talking about summer hits of the 90s and a lot of these bands. So um, rather than uh, put them in the list last week uh, for episode 108, we decided to keep that week's episode just kind of more truncated around grunge and grunge adjacent stuff. And, and you know what, because we make the rules here, we just decided to give summer hits of the nineties. It's proper it's, it's entire it's entire episode. So I'm excited to discuss that. Um, you know, here in the United States, depending on where you live, it's getting warmer. It may be warm already. And um we're definitely looking forward to the summer. It's uh you know it's one of my favorite times of the year and, and this is just a good soundtrack. And I think people listening most of the people who listen to our, our show, the statistical majority, are between 35 and 45. So they'll have some really good memories of either loving or hating the bands and the songs that we are going to discuss today. But uh, once again, cool little nostalgic trip. But for us, you know, we've yeah. taken ownership of these songs even in our youth and uh, our yeah. relatively young ages compared to some of the old old farts out there listening <laughs> to this podcast. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what we have going on, and um, we're we're gonna get into it. But first, first and foremost, we do we have, have some people to thank. Yeah, we have some gratitude. You know, it's it's we're this, recording this on a Monday. This is the earliest we've recorded in a while. It's um, true. We've yeah, been, we're we've been on the other side of, of the episode drop. But you know, sometimes you have to start the day, start the week uh, with a little gratitude, and that's what we like to do here um, at Grunge Bible International Enterprises. Um, <laughs> Everybody yeah, have, who's chosen to support us, uh, especially people that have chosen to support us financially, um, you know, with it being the, you know, in the in the ballpark of the the anniversary of when we started this podcast, a lot of a lot of what we what we have to purchase to make this podcast run, it comes due around this time. So 
This is an expensive time of year for Grunge Bible Enterprises International, and uh, we would like to thank everybody that has chosen to support us and enlighten that load a little bit. And leading the pack would be our top-level supporters on Patreon. If you would like to become one, go to the Patreon link in the show notes to learn more. We have three tiers at which you can give. But we like to we like to uh, to thank the people in the top level. So I would like to thank the following individuals for their ten dollar per month contribution to keep the podcast rolling. I'd like to thank Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce. Doug Endy, Chris LSMS, Carlene Salona, Jamie Lynn, Jade Mercado, Granny Grunge, Faith Bittner, Fresh Tendonitis, Fuck Soup, Kara K, Captain High Top, Brother Nature. Rachel Corning, Nikki Six, Millie, Alex Long, Black Hole Sean, Alexis Shannon, The Blue Owl, Lauren Irene, Marianne, Seattle Four Fanboy from New Jersey, Shoe the Shoeless, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, Corden Stewart, and Christine Shepard. Thank you one and all. And a special thanks to everybody who is here right now listening to us. That is a lovely way to support as well. And we know um, your time is valuable. So you choosing it, you choosing to spend it with us means a lot. It really does. We can't say it enough how thankful we are to have people engaged in what we have to say and the content that we put out. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, We're just churning out content. Yeah. Even. Yeah. And it, it's it's fun to have this project. Uh, me, Drew, and Chris talk about it a lot. Uh, something to do together. So to get, you know, validation from everybody, the support Absolutely. is cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> this episode is about summer hits and there's a few ways you can kind of like attack this i feel yeah. one would be i you know there's some bands that scream 90s you know beach uh like i said hanging with your friends and stuff that you just think of like i think of like obviously like dave matthews for me is like gonna be like he's always yep. some like i feel like peak dave was in the 90s i didn't get to obviously experience the craze until afterwards because i think people loved him but yeah. you know red hot chili peppers counting crows of the world, you know, even even Green Day to me, I kind of, you know, I always I always think yes. about like the summer '90s stuff, and but then on the other side, you have these, uh, you have a lot of uh, one hit wonders in this genre too, or like at least maybe they're they're not as far as one we're hit, concerned, as far maybe. as we're concerned, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people probably as you far see, as this exercise goes, they had one hit and it was you, wondrous. Yes, you see one song, you're like, wow, that's really good. Let me check out the rest of the band. You're like, uh, mm. I like the hit. Uh, that's enough. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like, we'll stick around the hit. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's a few different ways to uh, kind of look at this, but I'm, I'm pretty excited. So, I, yeah, yeah where do so you want to start, a question. Chris? I have a question to start, yeah. um, and, and this is kind of because a lot of these bands and a lot of the songs that we're going to discuss, they fit the the mood of what people consider to be summer hits of the 90s. So is is summer hits of the 90s, would you, is that a genre or what is it? Like, how would you... I, I think so. I, I think I, it's a I, genre too. I very, I yeah, I wholeheartedly think it is. I think people, yeah. uh, there's also 2000, the hits of the 2000s. Well, that's right? what I was saying. Uh, that, and that's that's a point that I wanted to make because a lot of the songs that when I was writing my notes that I wanted to put down, and some of them I did, um, in some of the bands, I'm like, oh, summer hits of the 90s, absolutely. And the song came out in like 2002 or 2003. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's a sound. It's a genre. It's not I mean, beholden if, to the yeah. to the calendar, to the chronology of the world. If I said summer hits of the 70s, well, you probably know what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> summer, yeah. Summer yeah. Hits yeah. America, the, the, the Seals 60s, and Croft, yeah. the Little Eagles. Right there's, on. There's, there's, summer, there's summer music for every decade. Yeah. And uh, the 90s have a very specific one as mm-hmm. well. And, this and you're right, really... there are some that overlap that are uh, 02. There's actually a lot that came out in 99 
that obviously mm. will have been celebrated all throughout the 2000s. Right. But because it came out in the 90s, that's where it yeah. gets the... And it's interesting because we were born at that kind of like in-between stage. We were too young to really get a lot of the stuff from the 90s. But a lot of the stuff from later in the 90s lingered uh, Mm -hmm. to the point where it still had relevance when we were in our childhood and when we were starting to listen to music. Because a lot of these songs, like Sugar Ray, for example, I mean, we we just got to get right into it. it. I mean, Sugar Sugar Ray might be the valedictorian of this class. Um, of the summer hits. I mean, that 1459 album, I mean, they have so many fantastic songs. Morning, and it's just, <laughs> it's one of those things that I remember being a kid in the, in the early to mid two thousands. And I mean, you couldn't avoid sugar Ray. Um, there was a lot of these songs. I mean, you couldn't avoid <laughs> you couldn't them. Avoid sugar. Ray. Yeah. Like, I mean, sugar Ray was everywhere. I mean, you're just trying to go about your business and boom, there's sugar Ray again. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that, um, you know, these, these songs have staying power and, I don't think people would have realized that at the time, and I think they still have an appeal. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can uh, pontificate about the merits of the music and whether it ages well or whether it's good music or not. But I mean, people are still listening to these songs. People younger than us, Ethan, mind you, mm-hmm. they're younger than us, and they still listen to these songs when they're on the beach with their friends or when they're you know they got the they got the top down on the jeep or whatever and they're 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 hitting up their local ice cream shop for for some ice cream on a summer day i mean this is this is what it's all about and and i'm cruising down to, the highway listening to life is a highway by tom cochran <laughs> exactly <laughs> came out in 91 it fits I, exactly it fits and i have to say ethan i'm i'm very we opened this episode talking about enlightenment i feel enlightened talking about this topic because i mean we're talking about summer hits if you think about it, what we talk about most of the time <laughs> would be the winter hits, like <laughs> the dark, sad shit. Yeah. Well, you made a good, like we were talking about this last week, like, you know, if you're sitting on the beach, you know, and some and the people out here, Alice in Chains. Well, the people, uh, the people that are listening are probably like, yeah, that's yeah, going to offend on, a lot of people. Put on dirt. But like, okay, if you had the choice to listen to, you know, Down on the Upside or, you know, <laughs> uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, like... <laughs> You know, it's not, it's not the same. And, and the setting is very important. So yeah, like, am um, I, if, I, if I'm given, if I'm given two doors and one of those doors is verses by Pearl Jam and the other one is cracked rear view by Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. And I have to be on a beach or I have to be near a body of water. I, I mean, that, that verses door is staying closed. Right, right. And then, yeah, they can follow it up with, yeah, some, some mud honey or Sister Hazel comes in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All for you, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. And, and you can go, you can get back and you can go down heavy into some Melvins or, or some Skin Yard, or you can just keep things rolling with some Bare Naked Ladies or Sublime. Even the offspring, dude. I mean, yeah. the possibilities here are, are really, really endless. And it's funny that um, a lot of these bands, they... They kind of there's there's maybe ten or twelve or fifteen bands that kind of in my opinion corner the market on this sound that we're talking about today, um, and it's interesting because some of these bands are still making music now, and some of them still make these sounds. But I, I think it's one of those things that had to happen at that time and place, and um, the music has to have aged a little bit. I think at this point for us to to feel the way that we do about it. Yeah, I was thinking about the same thing. I was trying to think about the you know the hits now and the stuff now that you know comes out maybe around the summertime and and uh, the difference and um 
you know, it's just it's just wrapped around the '90s feel, and like when you watch the videos, people wearing baggy pants, or they, you know, they're at the beach and they're they got the frosted, frosted tips. tips, yeah, the spiked <laughs> the spiked hair, and like, you know, it just fits so much with the uh, the visual side of it that um, it just brings me like a boosted, you know, it's like boosted dopamine compared to maybe what I you know you hear now. Now you hear your country at the beach and stuff. You don't hear this stuff. Right, <laughs> people yeah. up country. Yeah, people um, do love the country music. So, oh man, yeah. So, Counting Crows is a really good one because, right? And this was kind of the genesis of this of is this where it started. Because yeah. last week when we were doing our top ten album opening songs, Ethan, you were out there campaigning for <laughs> "Hanging Around" uh, by Counting Crows to be on our top ten list off of their nineteen ninety nine album, "This Desert Life." Um, I love that album. I really I appreciated love that it. Yeah, this Desert Life is 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 fantastic. It is, yeah. And I, we were we were making the list, and it was, you know, there was a lot of bands that I mean, obviously they have a ton of albums. But maybe their first song wasn't, you know, didn't hit as hard as as uh, County Crows, you know. And I don't know, I, I just wanted to include them because I thought they were important for the '90s. But we did we did later make it more like grunge, put it in the in the trunk of the grunge. Right. So it made sense not to but include that them. The, but that got the wheels turning because right. I mean I'm I'm a big fan of the Counting Crows and a lot of people, they're I think they're very polarizing. People either love or hate the Counting Crows and they love or hate Adam Duritz and they think he's either the most eloquent songwriter of his generation or they think that they can't understand anything that he's saying and he's speaking gibberish. But in terms of today's episode, I mean, they have a lot of good stuff uh, that yeah. kind of fits this. I mean, it starts with the, with that first album they put out, August and Everything After. Um, probably the biggest song from that album would be uh, Mr. Jones, which yeah. is... I mean, inescapable in terms of uh, in terms of this genre. Obviously, moving forward into the next decade with the Shrek soundtrack, <laughs> <laughs> accidentally in love is a big one as well. But you're right, this desert life hanging around, around here absolutely fits there. Round here as well, which was one that I was campaigning for mm-hmm. last so week. That's the beginning of it. Yep. Yeah, and and what we were talking about in terms of is it a sound or is it a is it is it a genre? Like, what is it? Um, because there, there's a lot of stuff that, like we were talking about, goes after the decade. I mean, one of my favorite summer Counting Crows songs, which is a little bit of a deep cut, uh, is from 2002's um, <laughs> Hard Candy album. And it's it's one of the final songs on the album, and it's called Up All Night, parentheses, Frankie Miller Goes to Hollywood. And oh it's, it's such a good summer song. Um and I mean, it, it, it's helped by the fact that one of the lyrics is "Summer's almost here." We could we could head out to the dunes tonight because summer's almost here. Yeah. Um, but man, it's it's so good. But I mean, they were one of the the standard bearers, I would say, of that sound. But you have different elements of that sound. I mean, that's kind of um, just like standard issue. But I mean, you had a lot of the the beachy sounds, obviously. With you know, for me, Sublime. I mean, you can't think about them without thinking about the beach in my opinion i mean yeah. what i got santeria, santeria yeah um, i mean you know it is an that they're an incredible uh incredible band obviously have gave us some really beautiful stuff and they're cemented into the 90s i uh, listen to that listen to them a ton when the season comes around that's no doubt yeah um just think about bad fish i mean come on yeah uh dude it's Wrong way. Yeah, there's there's some really good ones. Two yeah. joints. So, so we had we had the Counting Crows that kind of made this idea come to life. Uh, the other band, and I think the band that sealed the deal because there was another song that you really wanted to include, 
was the lead-off song, if I remember correctly, to the 1994 album Four by Blues Traveler. And Ethan, you love Run Around by Blues Traveler. Um, Run Around that, and Hook, man. And, and Hook was another great one. But I went back, Ethan, and their 1990 self-titled album it starts oh, yeah. with but anyway. Yeah, that was the lead off, and I mean that's, that's amazing. That's that makes the be, cut. That's got to be the best, the best blues traveler track ever. I mean, but, I mean, you get John Popper on the harmonica. Yes, yes, you cannot beat. Like, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know as many. There's probably better, maybe better blues uh, harmonica players. But as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> John Popper was the first guy that I was introduced to ripping harmonica solos uh, throughout, like random rock songs that well, <laughs> it's really interesting and there, there's kind of a trend i feel like or there's different phases of rock music or just popular rock guitar driven music certain instruments that had their day and that you don't really hear much anymore in terms of popular music i mean you go back to the the 70s and the early 80s i mean you couldn't get through a rock song without hearing some <laughs> saxophone and i mean in the 90s john popper whips out the harmonica you know oftentimes a, a staple in folk music and, and acoustic music but I mean, you, you get John Popper in there with the harmonica, and I mean, it's it's just it's timeless in my opinion. But I mean, like we got to bring. I love I love a good sax. I love <laughs> it. You can't make music. it through a song without the saxophone <laughs> showing can. up. It's just always there. And same <laughs> thing with the harmonica. Really I mean, John Popper was you know the man of his day um, in terms of the harmonica um, playing ability for sure. Yeah, he was he was pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I just remember listening to that on my way to like summer um, summer practices and just listening to like blues travel just to like really bring up my mood because har- the harmonica is so bright usually. You know, it's such yeah. a it's one of those instruments that you well, just think about hook, for example. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to look any further than that. And it's interesting. You don't hear these songs or these types of songs on the radio anymore. Not really, yeah. I mean, we, you get them we every, did every when we were kids. While, but, I remember yeah. hearing Blues Traveler and, and some other bands that I think have a lot of songs that deserve to be discussed in this um, in this kind of context would be, I mean, Matchbox 20, they're obviously right there. <laughs> um, we've spoken a lot about the band live um, yes. on this show and uh, Lightning I was Crashes, put, I know, is a big favorite yeah. of yours. And, I was going to say Lightning. And you associate that heavily with the summer. Mm-hmm. I remember... I remember one time I was at the summer, my summer camp that I worked at, and we we did a a, a a rafting trip, and we were we were literally we'd finished and we were pulling all the rafts out, all the kids are pulling the stuff, and the boat that was or the bus that was picking us up had speakers on the top and it was playing lightning crashes as we're, and we were pulling them out, and the guy was like, the other counselor was like, oh, lightning crashes, like dude, he's like nothing says summer more than this song. It says you can't beat this, and I was like looking around and listening to it. I was like, "You're totally right. This is this is awesome." I was like, "This is such a great song." That was like my first time I listened to it too, and it was yeah. like, and that song, away. of course, has the distinction I would believe as being the most popular song <laughs> to use the word placenta in it. Yeah, um, so that's oh, yeah. that's a distinction all its own. That you know, I think it will carry. Uh, for the rest of time i don't think you know people people aren't playing these songs on the radio and people aren't writing songs with the word placenta in it anymore nope nope the songwriting was different back then you know (laughs) just don't make them like they used to Um, all right i got a few yeah let's hear it okay i was say i got a few bands with a few hits from the 90s and i'm gonna have you pick one okay all right all right so the first one you got semi-charmed life or graduate 
by Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. I was that was coming out ninety seven. I was just going to mention next. I mean that that debut album that they put out in nineteen ninety seven, the self titled one. Um, yeah, absolutely incredible. The the, the, love, the lead off track is pretty good too. But I think I have to pick Semi Charmed Life. Um, yeah. But Graduate, oh, it's so good. I I, I used to oh, that was on a running playlist of mine. Um, and I, I have to say, like in the in like ninety seven or ninety eight, that song must have hit differently for the uh, for the high school oh, seniors, you know. I could imagine, yeah. And then ninety, you know, yeah, for sure. And you know, uh, there's Jumper there too, but that's not right. that doesn't fit it as or much as semi char- motorcycle yeah. drive by <laughs> motorcycle drive by. One of our favorites. Yeah. <laughs> All right. God um, of Wine needs to be discussed as well. That's that's another great song. But yeah, oh, I mean they yeah. they had both sides. They had the up and the down. And uh, semi charmed life. I mean. That one, I mean, I think that's probably the the, the most popular one from that oh, record. Yeah. yeah, that one's that for one's a massive. Yeah, that one's massive. It's a good song. Yeah. Really, uh, yeah, pretty intense too if you break it down. But yeah. Um, all right, so you're going with Semi Charmed Life? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, awesome. So now we're going to step into uh, Everclear World. <laughs> we got Santa Monica or. I will buy you a new life. Oh, it has to be. I will buy you a new life. As as great as Santa Monica yes. is, I will buy you a new life. Just has that drive to it um, that is absolutely perfect. And Santa Monica is great too. I love the guitar intro to that song. And Everclear is a band that I forgot to write down, but absolutely perfect. Oh, uh, I can't for, the, for this time and place. Yeah, Everclear and definitely one of the first like '90s hits bands that I think of because their top songs are are super valuable to me right. <laughs> compared to, compared to the rest of their um i like that other stuff too but i'm not as deep into it obviously well um, i don't so that's good <laughs> <laughs> all right this one this band i i love i love for the summer and it's no doubt little gwen yep and uh we got just a girl versus don't speak it has to be just a girl that's a song that i wrote down to like the best part when that song gets going especially in the chorus towards the end of the song the last couple of times i make it through i mean it's just driving it's it's peppy it's energetic and, and it's oh, gwen yeah. i mean gwen is gwen is the 90s yeah no is. doubt they're they are the no 90s doubt. So there's no doubt about it <laughs> no doubt Don't all right i do i gotta ask you I, I know you're not a huge dave fan but you got crash into me trip and billy's are 41 <laughs> It has to be crash into me for me. Yeah. Um, I would say I need to mention my least favorite Dave Matthews song of all nice. time. Undoubtedly is Ants Marching. I <laughs> fucking hate that song. <laughs> I cannot stand it. Did not I expect hate, that today. <laughs> I, I hate like the strings or whatever's going on in that. Yeah. And like his voice is is very polarizing, obviously. Um, you're either you're either in or you're out, and that song mm-hmm. I'm generally in. Like I like Dave Matthews, I like Dave Matthews Band, but Ants Marching I cannot do. But Crash yeah. Crash is fucking perfect. It kind of has that like dreamy quality too. It's kind of yeah. uh, uh, Crash would be for when you you've spent your whole day listening to No Doubt, Sublime, and the like, and then you know the sun goes down and there's only a few of you left. So up it's at like the, summer at love the fire, yeah. and you put Crash on. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I know you love Dave Matthews. So, what would you pick well, out of that trio? <clears throat> I like I, Trip and Billy's is is, is okay. really awesome. Forty One's yeah. really good too. I, but mm-hmm. for me, like, I mean, Dave Matthews has really high highs and really low lows. And well, there's uh, so much music like too, so it's okay to have that yeah, part of the landscape. Like, their you know? when their band is rocking, like I said, I'm a big Carter Buford dr- uh, drummer fan. He's amazing, mm-hmm. and their their um, uh, saxophone player and their their um, all the auxiliary instruments are extremely 
extremely good and, and like yeah. adds so much. But mm-hmm. yeah, the, sometimes the strings can get pretty whiny with Dave and stuff. And yeah. so I totally understand. It's too much like um, burp, 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 burp. <laughs> for me. Yeah. It's just sometimes. But Crash, yeah. Crash is great. I love the uh, the end of Crash. It's always that's the part of the song I think of first, where he's like, "I'm the king of the castle, and you're the dirty rascal." Yeah. Crash into me, yeah, yeah. He's got a great good. falsetto too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's it's it's good. I mean, yeah, I like I said, good. I he's good. Um, okay, okay. I have one for you. Uh, let's hear it. So, do you consider this album or not to be a part of what we're discussing? Uh, because I absolutely do. Um, Blink one eighty two enema of the state. Oh yeah, I'm in. It's a little yeah. It's it, it does seem a little bit different. You know the punk versus like the the super feel good. But I would totally agree that I'm playing Blink. I'm playing Blink all summer. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent. There's no question. They just that. um they they just played recently their first shows reunited. Um, I believe at Coachella. That's right. I think they just played, and I, I saw a cool right. TikTok of I forget which song they were playing, but they were splicing back and forth between a performance in 99 versus a performance just at Coachella and like how much slower the song is. And a lot really? of people were commenting. Yeah. It was interesting. A lot of people were commenting on the video and they were saying like, you know, if you were to have told me in 1999 that Blink-182 would become timeless, I wouldn't have believed you. But I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, you put the music out there and you never know how it's going to be received. Never but know. Um, Time with and that place, album, all that. I mean, what's my age again? All the small things and my personal favorite going away to college yeah, I do love that. Um, I mean, some one. of those songs, I mean, they are timeless. And people, I think, coming off of the grunge era and um, just how serious and heavy that music was, I, I think that kind of the, the pop punk-ish revival that Blink was certainly a part of, I don't think it got its proper merit from a lot of people um, because it sounded differently because the guys were admittedly goofy. They dressed funny. They made fun of themselves a lot. And, and that kind of like tortured artist thing faded away um but it's one of those things that it, it still persists and and people mm-hmm. still people still love this music and there's younger generations who are listening to blink i mean shit some of this stuff is it's 25 years old that's a long time you know one of like the new bands of the 90s is 25 30 years old now i mean yeah 2000 will be 25 years old when pretty soon in two years basically a year and a half <laughs> if my math is correct my math is correct yeah Another album that I, I you mentioned this band before, but I want to know if I'm if I'm in the right zone. Um, but one one album that I absolutely consider to be a part of this would be Green Day's Dookie album. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Day, yeah, similar similar to Blink One Eight Two. I feel a yeah. little bit. I don't know. Green Day has its. I mean, Blink. Green Day has its own like genre in a way, like you know. They kind of aside from they're not they were the earlier like pop punk kind of band but they were more punky yeah. in the early days like so it was Blink I guess they were early with a way more punk than like than poppy um, kind of coming off the heels of like you know UK's punk scene and whatnot but mm-hmm. they were California punk you know yeah yeah and and Green Day like a lot of the stuff that they put out at the beginning of the decade like the their first big compilation album they put out, uh, 1,039 smoothed out slappy hours. That's got a lot of stuff that, as <laughs> I've gotten older, I've associated more and more. But going back to Dookie, uh, I mean, Longview and When I Come Around, I think, are absolutely indispensable when it comes to this kind of vibe and this kind of genre. And I think a lot of the people that relate to grunge heavily, I mean, you couldn't escape a lot of this music because as as grunge gave way and as 1994 moved on, I mean, a lot of the music that was also coming out in 94, 95, like um, 
like Dookie, for example. I mean, you heard these songs, and even if you weren't playing these songs, you were getting in your friends' cars, and they were playing these songs. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, whatever your opinion of the summer hits genre would be and whatever you were into at the time, same thing goes latter half of the decade. If you were a new metal kind of person, yeah. um, you know, you heard a lot of these songs because they were everywhere. You know, they were... Um, you know, they were played over the PA, they were played on the radio, they, your friends had the CDs. Um, and it's one of those things, it just goes back to that marriage of of music, of, of art, and just of youth. And you're always going to remember what it is that you were listening to. So, um, Bastard the Case and She off of the Dookie. Yeah, we still love yeah. listening to those. Absolutely. So I kind of I kind of ranked, I kind of gave like top five summer songs in no particular order yeah but things me, that like let me hear are, your list i'm excited yeah, for this part. like i said no no particular order but this one is um came out in 91 so it's an earlier one but it's learning to fly by petty and yes yeah this, that's not one that i would have thought of but now right. that you said it, it it makes perfect sense right because it's early and it's just like an older uh, probably just it's just a little bit it's more of a yeah, classic rock, I guess, but it came out in '91, and uh, oh man, I love it. It's it's such a such a good song for the summer for obvious reasons. Um, she's so high, like we talked about with the Tal Bachman. That's Tal Bachman, hundred percent. Yep. No, that that Science if that doesn't if that doesn't fit the bill, then I don't know what does. Yeah, then then the bill needs to be thrown out. Now this one, you were saying like um, you know you're sitting on the beach and. You know, come the night comes to the you know it's coming later in the night. Everybody's probably getting a little hungover from drinking throughout the whole day, but you got to keep going. And uh, "Save Tonight" by Eagle Eye came out in '98. Wow. Uh, you know, and that yeah. song is so like it really does. It's like "Save Tonight" and, and talking about you know keeping the night going, and and I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's um, a good one. I also put Santeria on there, but. One of my favorite songs I've been listening to a ton, kind of recently, really getting excited, is Steal My Sunshine by Len. It's kind of got that like weird, like, um, I don't even know, like a like a beep bop type of sound, like in the beginning, kind of electronic, and then he kind of sings with like a raspy voice the whole time. Don't steal my sunshine. And then they come in, oh, that came out in 99 as well, and I love, I just love that. Like, it's just, a, just one of those songs from one of those bands, you know what I mean? That just fit fit the time and place so mm -hmm. do you have any all-timers that uh you feel like you need to bring up oh, no not none that i haven't discussed but i i do need to mention a particular artist that um in my opinion is is one of the leaders of this area as well and that would be cheryl crow mm -hmm. um yeah i mean cheryl crow if it makes you happy soak up the sun all i want to do uh i mean some I of these songs are just yeah they're just perfect for this time um and I mean, she was she was really incredible. It, it is kind of the the landscape post grunge in the '90s, like post 1994, is so interesting. Um, and I think it's kind of like a natural point that we would want to discuss it, and we would want to just bounce ideas and thoughts back and forth because it it really was so diverse. I mean, grunge had this, you know, really really big, you know stranglehold on on popular culture and everything, in my opinion. And then once it kind of ended. And even a lot of the grunge bands started to sound differently or, or they broke up or, or, you know, people passed away and everything. So, I mean, it's just kind of this blank canvas and the direction that a lot of people took it in um, is really, really interesting. And, and, and it makes me think back to the um, 
1999 uh, episode that we did, we were talking about the the Hot 100 um, from 1999 and just how diverse it is. But and that's the interesting thing because it's it's a genre, but not in the traditional sense because. Um, a lot of these songs sound differently, but there's just something about the ethos behind them and something about just the place that it came from, I think, that makes it um, makes it all kind of fit together. I mean, you could throw all of these songs onto a playlist collectively, and while they all sound differently and, and they would technically all be, you know, several different genres and they came from different backgrounds and had different influences, they all fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, and together, I think they give you a really, really full view of kind of what that mood would be and, and what that uh, what that time would be like. Absolutely. I would be, um, I would feel bad if I didn't bring up California Love by Tupac either. Because yeah. that fits, you know, some, there's some, you know, California rap and stuff that needs mm-hmm. to be played on the beach and uh, yeah. has its place in the music scene. And that's why we love, we talked about, mm-hmm. I think in that episode, we talked about the diversity that was coming out mm-hmm. of the 90s how yeah. good hip hop was, how good rock and roll was, how good every you know all of this stuff was and how mm. how many individuals you had making music. Like the yeah. people just stuck out. People were good Absolutely. at what they were doing. And and with credit to Tupac, I mean he's one of the greatest of all time. I mean that song I think more than any of the 90s uh hip hop songs is the biggest utility player in the sense that I think it could fit in just about any sort of mood and any sort of playlist. I mean, you have the hip hop playlist and you have the summer playlists and, and I mean, Tupac was just absolutely incredible. And I'm normally an East coast guy for the old school rap. Like I, I love East coast, but I mean, Tupac, uh, absolutely incredible. And and that one, like you said, I mean, it fits, fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. I also want to bring up, uh, the cure Friday. I'm in love came out in 92, but I love that song. I think it's so good. It's got yeah. it's it it fits it as well, and it need to be mentioned. You know, yeah. it's more of an honorable more more than an honorable mention. I'd say absolutely. And and that and that you know this episode kind of speaks to the fact of just how ridiculous and how how all inclusive this this era was. I mean, I didn't know that we would be talking about the Cure. I didn't know that we would be talking about Tom Petty. You know, as soon as you mention them, though, it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. um, that they all kind of belong in this space. Um, and you know, I, I feel like almost like anybody who was active, I mean, you could even, you could make the case that Pearl Jam's cover of last kiss deserves to be in this, in this setting. I mean, I don't think any other Pearl Jam song could be, uh, but I, I could put last kiss in this realm, um, Yeah, but I mean, it's I, certainly I, a yeah, diverse right. era. Yeah. For sure. It's funny, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers don't have like, they, they, they represent the nineties and people are going to be listening to, but they don't, you know, they don't necessarily like come up in my mind all the time for, for this type, but it fits. So they come up on a play playlist. Like, I mean, Danny California came out in 2000, but I love, I love that song. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's some good ones. Uh, I got my own worst enemy. You almost forgot about lit. (laughs) We could never forget about my own worst enemy. It's such a good one. And I got one more that I'm going to say for my song of the week that, well, not, yeah, we haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, well, I think that's that serves as a as good a segue as any. You know, as many different influences and areas that um, you know, the music that comprises this genre of the summer hits as as, as many areas as they come from, uh, you know, we have equally as many areas that people come together and and join the same space to support us on this show. Uh, and we're really thankful for everybody that's chosen to do so, uh, whether it be listening, leaving a review, supporting us financially, buying some merch, or just sending us an encouraging comment. Or 
in Drew McFadden's case, working with us weekly um, on this podcast. And we are very grateful for all of them for their support, um, their guidance, their encouragement, and just their time at the end of the day. Because I think out of all things, you know, you can make money back. You can you can go out and, and catch the next game or whatever. But I mean, you can't get your time back. So anybody who's chosen to give us time uh, over the last 109 episodes, we are very, very grateful for. And, uh, you know, we look forward to continuing it. And, um, you know, something that's nice. I mean, we, we feel comfortable in this space to just discuss whatever it is that, that's on our mind at that time. And this week we wanted to talk about the summer hits, so we decided to do it. And uh, mm-hmm. we hope everybody kind of got something out of it. And maybe it made you think back to some of the songs that you were listening to in the summer back when, when you were a kid. Yeah, Nailed thank the you. segue. Nailed it. Yeah, you, you did. That was that was really that was solid. Solid work. Um, Excellent. Yes, Drew. Drew is uh, excited to uh, be getting us new microphones. So if you guys decide to uh, become a patron, that's exactly what all dues will be going towards. Uh, we Absolutely. need we need new mics and lighting, Chris. We've been yep. talking about it for 108 episodes, basically. <laughs> We've been talking about it for a long time. One it's of these times we're gonna have one of these times we're gonna have them, and we're gonna. And, you know, we're just going to celebrate on. I'm telling you, on when here, we get the new awesome. mics and when we get the new lighting, I am not going to shut up about it. Every, <laughs> Dude, e- like every single week, it'll be almost as it. yeah. It'll it'll almost be as bad as how many episodes we've done in a row. Yeah, <laughs> we don't miss. We don't and miss. In case you didn't hear, we have new microphones. <laughs> we sound a lot, we sound beautiful now that we have yeah. good microphones. There is a discernible difference in our you know, audio the, quality. Yeah, the, the microphones, they don't pick up uh, the heater and AC units. I know. So. Maybe I'd be able to actually record a podcast with my air conditioning on this summer. Who knows? That might be wishful thinking, but we'll see. Got it. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, your support will go directly towards the microphone fund yep. uh, for the Grunge Bible podcast. So we're looking forward to debuting those at some point in the future. And you can make that a hell of a lot sooner by supporting us. So go ahead Check the show notes and get some skin in the game. Last order of business is to take care of the song of the week. Chris, song I will go. Week. I will go first. All right. Came out in 1999 off of Astro Lounge. <laughs> Smash Mouth. Yes. All Star needs to be Fuck included. Yeah. Uh, incredible song. I don't care what you say. You like it. Everyone likes it. Um, hey, now you're an All Star. You know it's. Jeez. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful song, and I love that it had a resurgence in the last like five years and came back. You know, meme culture, whatever. I don't care why, but it's back in the fold. Doesn't matter. It's back. Yeah. I mean, and, and they, I mean, they, that's when you know it's good. If you, you know, that's it's the like, thing. I mean, like it Creed, was Creed is a meme, I mean, but it's a meme, but it's still. Still right. Well, and, and the best part, like if you're a Smash Mouth, I mean, whether it's a meme or not, I mean, <laughs> if you're a the money is still green. You know, the money's still green. The money's People still, still green. Yep. I mean, this is like this is big stuff that Mr. Mouth was talking about yes. on here. I mean, didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. <laughs> I mean, it's true, and it, and it gives you that encouragement, like so much to do, so much to see. So really, at the end of the day, like what's wrong with taking the back streets? <laughs> You'll never know if you don't go. <laughs> You'll never know if you don't go. And you'll never shine if you don't glow. So <laughs> next time you're feeling a little unsure of, of what the next step is, just listen, listen to what Smash Mouth had to say. Yeah, he was... Smash he was W a, Mouth. Yeah, he was... He was a man for the job. A real virtuoso. Yeah. yeah. Incredible stuff. As such. Well, I am not going to pick a summer hit of the 90 or of the 2000s. <laughs> for my song of the week um i'm gonna go uh, with a recently released song off of a recently released album 
And it's by a musician named Brian Dunn. He is a, uh, I guess you would say, singer-songwriter, kind of folk rock, that kind of that kind of vibe from New York. Um, and he just released an album called Loser on the Ropes. And I'd like to select uh, the last song on that album called Something to Live For as my song of the week. Um, Brian Dunn has been a... a, a you know, a big presence in my listening life uh, for probably the last four or five or six years. One of my really good friends um, that I met at college showed me Brian Dunn's music a long time ago. And and for both of us, you know, a couple of his sadder songs really hit at a point where he kind of needed something like that. Um, so I was really excited to see that he released a new album. And uh, it seems like just as we've turned a corner, it seems like he's maybe turning a corner in what he's writing about and hopefully how he's feeling <laughs> so awesome that's gonna be my song of the week yeah that's good to hear good stuff i'm excited to listen i haven't uh listened to much of brian dunn so yeah I'm excited. Um, his most popular songs there's one song called new tattoo and then there's one song called taxi um that were his most popular uh i think both of them were released maybe in like 2018 2019 around there um right. so like right when we were getting out of college and and it, it, it struck me at the time because a lot of those songs are kind of existential and it's like what do i do next where do i go next and i mean that was the point in life where i was at where you graduate and it's like what am i you know where do i turn to next so you know you have that and then you have smash mouth telling you what's wrong with taking the back streets <laughs> i mean if only i knew to combine those two at the time i you know i'd, I'd own like a i'd own a yacht or something by now <laughs> that's right that's oh my right. gosh that's, that's why amazing. we make this podcast though because we'll own yachts pretty soon yep no, we how can much have money yacht do we make off of this yeah. exactly all right, Chris, all right. that wraps it up. Yeah, that wraps are all up. April is moving along here. It is... Non-negotiable yeah, April. Non-negotiable April. Thank God it's moving along. I cannot wait for my first iced coffee of the season in May. And uh, great. Well, the best part, be Ethan, by the time this episode comes out, we'll only have one week left Yeah. of no That's caffeine amazing. and no nicotine. <laughs> We're getting awesome. there. We're getting there. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate your time, and we will catch you next week for episode 110 of the Grunge Bible Podcast. But in the meantime, rock and roll. Take it easy. Take care. See you guys. Talk same place, same time next week. Stay heavy.